Hello? 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 Hi guys, welcome back to Gremlin Talk. I'm your host, Max Shay Smith. I am not gonna lie, this episode almost didn't happen. It is currently just around 8.30 p.m. in Honolulu, which means it actually already is Thursday for a lot of you, and I'm sorry. I think most of us have come to understand that I am not very timely with this podcast. I'm trying my best, though, and I'm impressed I've even gotten this far. This is episode 12. Our little podcast that we have all come together to create is 12 today. Once again, I have made it through another week of my life unscathed another week without a major life event. This is so unsettling for me. I am used to utter chaos every week and it's usually self-inflicted, let's be clear. Today, I have a couple things I wanna talk about, but you know what? We are completely unscripted today. This is just us, it's you and me. It's whatever comes to mind. That's what we're talking about. Also, I gave you guys a super long and vulnerable episode last week, and I don't regret it because I feel good about speaking my truth and being open and honest, I guess, with my feelings. But that also means that this week you guys are going to get a shorter episode. And I'm sorry about that. I promise you didn't misbehave or anything. I just gave a lot of myself to the podcast last week. So we I get to dial it back a little bit this week, right? With that little piece of groundwork laid down, I would like to start with my return to 100 miler training. As we all know, because I talk about it on literally every episode, I got off of the Colorado Trail just over two weeks ago. In those two weeks, I packed up my entire life I moved to Honolulu for a month, and now I'm here, (laughs) and we're just living life, okay? There have been a couple fun updates. I have decided that I'm going to be sober until my 100 miler. This is not uncommon for me. I tend to go through phases of like sobriety and then really light drinking, and then sometimes I just go really hard and party, aka Thanksgiving 2021, but I use it in periods of productivity, I guess. So when I was in my off season, that was when I was drinking. And then when I was training really hard for Norams, I wasn't drinking at all. When I was on the Colorado trail, I would have a drink or maybe two drinks in towns. Nothing super crazy, but my tolerance was way low because my body was used to hiking 20 miles a day and I was just super depleted. And honestly, I was so, my body was so trashed and I was sick and me having one or two drinks wasn't really going to change my recovery process on the CT at all. So when I came off the trail, we did kind of turn up in Durango, me and Val and a couple other people from my family, just because we were celebrating the end of the trail. But now I'm back in full training mode and it's going horrendously so I really need all of the recovery help that I can get. Oh my air conditioning turned off how great you guys can hear me now. So we're having a little sober girl summer. I don't like the way alcohol makes me feel when I'm training so I'm just not gonna drink. I went out last Saturday, Friday, with a girl from high school, actually, who I haven't seen in a really long time, but she just happened to be in Waikiki. We went out, and they got drinks, and I just didn't want to drink, you know? Like, I that was the first time that this, like, sobriety thing was tested. Not that I have a problem with alcohol, so it's really easy for me to say no when I decide that I don't want to drink. And I ordered 
from the bartender i just said is there anything you can give me that's like a virgin cocktail like i'm not drinking i didn't tell the girls i was with that i wasn't drinking just i didn't want to deal with not even judgment because i don't think they'd be judgy but i just didn't want to have to explain myself and i got a really yummy drink from the bartender i think it was like a guava refresher type thing you would be amazed at how many bars have like virgin cocktails on their menu so if you've been considering like sobriety light then maybe this is your sign to give it a shot it doesn't even have to be forever maybe you just trying to get to some weird obscure goal and drinking is kind of hindering you sober girl summer baby ac is back on sorry guys so why is 100 miler training going horrendously you might be wondering as i talked about on the last episode i have returned to crossfit Come Coming off the CT, my body is very used to a lot of low intensity movement. I have been training the hell out of my aerobic system. However, that means I have done little to no high intensity work in the last month or so. And I found this to be true when I went and did go rec games. For those of you who, I don't even, did I? I guess the podcast wasn't really a thing when Go Rec Games happened. Long story short, I got invited to this thing called Go Rec Games in Jacksonville, Florida. It was the first year of the event, and basically they just invited a bunch of elite functional fitness athletes, and they were like, hey, come do this thing for fun. And so a bunch of us flew to Jacksonville. For me, it was the week after the Boston Marathon, so I was kind of tired after running the marathon, but uh, it was just kind of a mess. The event itself was really fun. I got to hang out with my friends and we got to do a lot of weird stuff we don't normally do. However, there was definitely a good amount of high intensity work that I wasn't super prepared for because I'd been out of CrossFit for a month or two at that point. So making sure that my anaerobic system is trained is really important to me. High intensity is important especially if you're racing like shorter spartan races you really need to be dialed into that anaerobic system being able to switch between low intensity running to high intensity running to some kind of difficult movement that's important to me so coming back to crossfit i've done literally zero high intensity work in the last six months just been long distance running which means that my high intensity systems are not functioning well and i'm not sure if it's like I don't want to suffer in the way that you suffer at high intensity stuff or if I would rather just lift really heavy. I'm kind of exploring that right now, I would say. I've implemented squat Thursdays into my schedule again. Basically, I do my squat and my heavy leg programming on Thursday, so then by Saturday, hopefully, my legs are normal enough that I can do a long run. Not that running has felt especially good either. My feet are killing me. It's been so odd. It just hasn't been what I thought running was going to be like after doing that trail i will say though yesterday and today are the first two days that i felt even somewhat normal on a run i had my first flat interval run in a really long time i've not done flat intervals in a long time my coach always has me doing hill intervals so i did this flat interval run today that was really fun and it felt good yesterday i had an easy run that i was really looking forward to but i'm still suffering from this just long-term fatigue which is super annoying and i have to tell myself 100 miler training is about being fatigued and doing it anyway which is true to an extent but you also have to listen to your body and make sure you're not overtraining. i just think my body's in recovery mode from the colorado trail and that's why i feel this way so this is all to let you know that 
People always ask me how I stay motivated. This is my primer for this topic. This is not something I've talked about on the podcast, I don't think. A lot of people assume that to train and run, you need to be motivated. And I think that there is something valuable in having motivation, but also motivation is fleeting. Motivation isn't going to get you out the door when you're really, really tired. Motivation is for days when you feel good and you're pumped about a goal and you can just get out the door. Motivation is not going to stick around when it's really hard and you're tired and you're eight weeks into marathon training. What's most important is discipline. Creating long-term habits, structure, around your goals that structure your life. I have structured my life around 100 miler training now. My biggest, scariest goal, and I can't believe that it's only eight and a half weeks away now, is this 100 miler. I have never run a 100 miler before. The longest I've run is 50 miles. So this is a big, new, scary goal for me. It's hard to imagine a time when a 100 miler won't be a big, scary goal, but that's... That's, you know, that's future max problem. Something I have learned in the last almost six years as a runner, December will be my six year anniversary. In order to stay disciplined in running, you need to form long-term goals that are scary enough to keep you moving, but also within reach. Like these are stretch goals that you know that you can handle, kind of. I don't know that I can run a hundred milers, but I've got a pretty good feeling that I will be able to force myself to get to that finish line. And it's scary enough that even when I feel shitty, I know that in eight and a half weeks, I'm gonna be towing the line for a hundred miler. So I really need to put in the work now on my daily run. I learned this from the book, The Happy Runner by Megan and David Roach. I recommend this book to every runner. I think I've talked about this on the pod before. The first half of the book is just about goal setting. It is purely about the mental side of the sport. I talk about loving the process a lot on this podcast. That book is where I learned how to love the process, which is funny because when I was in college, oh my God, basically the way my department was set up, we had this one professor and even though he wasn't the head or the lead or whatever for the the department he was having a lot of influence on the learning structures put in place in the department his name is paul blowers and he works at the university of arizona in the chemical engineering department okay every chemi from ua knows this man he's kind of an icon he's a legend he memorized all of our faces before our first day of class and then came in knowing all of our names king king blowers okay so dr blowers was really into active learning which it's just like basically a professor lectures and then gives you problem sets in class and you work on them in class with the help of like preceptors and your classmates it's a lot of group work as an introvert i did not appreciate the group work but that's neither here nor there and one of the things that paul would constantly drill into us is that you have to buy into the learning process this is something i just didn't appreciate at the time when i was in school basically there's two kinds of mindsets there is a fixed mindset and a growth mindset a fixed mindset means that you believe you are born and only have certain capabilities. You don't believe that you can get better at things with practice. An example of this for myself, I I was always like good at math, but I wasn't good at math. 
if that makes sense. I did well enough. I got good grades in high school. I got decent grades in college, but I just didn't understand or appreciate the rules of math the way some of my other friends did. And I've learned a lot now that it's probably because of the way I think. It's just not very rule based, but whatever. And part of my thing with math was I just believed that I didn't have the capability to get better. I just thought, you know, this is my level of skill with math and I'm not going to get any better and I'm just going to deal. I'm just going to tolerate it, which is fine. Like I got through all the way to Jiffy Q. <laughs> But at the same time, I could have saved myself a lot of trouble and a lot of, I don't know, imposter syndrome in school, I guess. If I had learned how to embrace the learning process with math, spent more time practicing and spent more time believing that my capabilities could increase with practice, it always felt like an uphill battle. So that is a really good example of a fixed mindset. I believed I was born with this certain level of capability and I wasn't going to get better. And we can contrast this with a growth mindset. Growth mindset means that you believe that you can grow to overcome any challenge. You do not believe that any skills or capabilities are outside of your reach with time and practice. A lot of us believe, you know, we can only run this speed or we're not that good at this. And people with a growth mindset believe that they can overcome that. And switching from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset is, it takes a lot of time, I would say, but it's so rewarding because you begin to enjoy challenges because you love to rise to meet them. I'm someone who's always loved competition, but I definitely have a lot of performance anxiety and that goes all the way back to high school, like playing volleyball, having really critical coaches. But as a runner, I have seen my own growth with time. And even though I, of course, still struggle with imposter syndrome, especially racing elite, like with these really fast pro girls, I'm like, I don't belong here, but okay. I am choosing to make a conscious step towards living with a growth mindset. I know that with time and practice, I will get better. I will get faster. Oh my gosh, especially in endurance sports. Like it takes decades to get fast in endurance sports. But is that one saying like talent hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard? Like obviously people are born with certain genetic predispositions to be successful at things, but if you invest the time and energy into getting better at things, you will get better. I mentioned this, I think on the last podcast, but when I was training for Norams, I was like, nobody is going to outwork me. I take a lot of pride in how hard I work, and that definitely carries over into a lot of facets of my life. I know that when the pressure's on, I can perform, and I feel like I'm growing into that awareness a little bit more with time. I've had really, really good moments in competition, and I I've had really bad moments in competition, but the most important thing is learning how to work through the bad and bridge the gap between good and bad with just a solid mindset. I shared some stories and images this week on my Instagram story from Hyrax, New York. I've talked about this before on the pod. Hyrax, New York is like my darkest moment as an athlete. I went out too hot with Callie. I had a couple goals for the race. I wanted to be faster on the ski erg and I wanted to be faster on my wall balls and I think faster on my farmer's carry. I was faster on my ski erg, which is a huge mistake because it's the first workout of the competition. So if you go out too hot and then you go out too hot on the ski erg, you're just 
destroyed like you're wrecked so i go out too hot with cali we come into the ski erg i do hit my goal i have a faster ski erg than my previous high rocks i was slower on almost every single other station i was way slower on my sled push way slower on my sled pull and within those first three workouts it literally goes ski erg kilometer run sled push kilometer run sled pull kilometer run i just realized that it wasn't my day and i needed to adapt or die <laughs> because trust me i wanted to die it was so hot in there i've literally never considered dnfing something the way i considered dnfing this race but i forced myself to have a complete mindset shift I decided to cheer on everybody else. I decided to cheer on my competitors. I was cheering for Callie in the race, literally a girl I was racing against. We weren't even really that good of friends yet. Like we hardly knew each other and now I love her and I don't regret cheering for her because she, she rocks. I tried to infuse my race with as much positivity and positive self-talk as I could, even though physically I was in a very dark hole. And this is a mental skill I don't think I would have been able to access a year and a half prior. I used to put a lot of pressure on myself racing and tell myself, you know, if you don't podium at this race, if you don't run this under this time, then this wasn't worth it. Like you're not a good runner. And it has taken a really long time and a lot of races. And honestly, just quitting running altogether and starting CrossFit and then coming back to running for me to realize that one performance does not make or break my career. And it's given me a lot of freedom and joy in racing to know that. You're gonna have really good performances and you're gonna have really bad performances, but they don't determine the trajectory of your career, if that makes sense. Like, I actually believe the only thing that matters in running is if you are having fun or not. When I DNF'd the Spartan Ultra, it was like, am I having fun? No. Am I at injury risk right now? Yeah. And that was all it took. That was, that was all it took for me to be like, you know what? Fuck this race. I don't need this, okay? I don't need to prove that I'm tough by suffering for another seven hours. And I have zero regrets about quitting. I... There has not been one second in the last two months. I'm like, man, I really wish I'd finished that Spartan Ultra. Hell no, dude. I have zero regrets about DNFing that bitch. Honestly, I think it's made me a better person. It has. I, I'm going to say that it has. DNFing, that's character building. Okay. And I'm realizing that some of you on this podcast may not know what DNFing means. So a DNF means did not finish. And it's kind of a meme in the ultra runner community. If you really want to know what ultra running is like, you have to look up the... Oh, what are they now, actually? Okay, so there used to be this meme account called Ultra Running Memes, and then they kind of stopped making memes. So now we have ya boy Scott Jurek. But Ultra Running Memes, like OG meme page back in the day, always posting about DNFs. Let me find an example for you and read it. <laughs> okay, this is funny. It's not a DNF meme, but it says, when the old dude you dropped 30 miles ago suddenly passes you with ease and it's like a guy literally getting out of a coffin and it's just so those dudes always be wearing like fucking new balances <laughs> and you're like later skater and then you know eight hours later they pass you it's just whatever okay so i can't find a good dnf meme but it just know that it's it's peak ultra runner humor and i highly recommend you go check out those meme pages there's a time and a place for dnf but you know Sometimes the mindset shift is all that you need. In fact, the mindset shift is the most important thing because you can't just DNF everything when it gets hard. Like, you know, when I'm at mile 80. 
and it's 2 a.m. <laughs> and I'm hurting so badly and I have to walk into the aid station and pick up my pacer and get back on trail. I'm going to be remembering this exact second of this podcast, okay? Minute 20 of Gremlin Talk Pod episode 12. I'm going to remember these words. Baby, I know what my lady's gonna feel like. I know what it's gonna feel like. I'm not stoked on it, but we're finishing the race at all costs, okay? So in the spirit of talking about mindset shifts and perspective shifts and fixed mindset and growth mindset, honestly, I feel like I did a little life coaching for you all today. I feel like I served you as best as I could. I have been taking clients and I wanted to thank you guys all on the pod first. The podcast is the only place that I have announced my life coaching business. I have done a ton of consultation calls and I have a bunch of girls signed up for coaching, which I'm so excited about. Literally every single person I've spoken to, I've been blown away by. I was like, oh, you know, like I'll start small, like three to five clients. I love everybody that I've talked to and everybody's so, I tell this to all of them, they're so self-motivated and self-aware coachable like i i am beyond thrilled by honestly the people that listen to this podcast because this is the pool this is the pool of people it has been so fun to start coaching again and i remembered this from when i started coaching a while ago life coaching is kind of triggering like operating a business will definitely show you what you need to work on. Like your business will trigger you until you do the inner work and you overcome it. For me, that usually means like a lot of imposter syndrome. Like I almost feel like I don't have the expertise and knowledge, but I don't need expertise and knowledge. I just need to quiet my brain and listen to what people are saying and respond. It's not like I'm consulting people in their lives i'm just being an active listener and helping people out and getting to serve others is so fulfilling i loved this about i took a personal training course when i was in college and obviously didn't end up being a personal trainer i just don't really like the process of quote-unquote personal training or like athletic coaching i don't I just, I don't know, I'm not a fan, but I love life coaching because I just get to take a little peek into people's lives. You get to connect with people and just see this motivated, goal-oriented side of people. And a lot of times, the girls I'm talking to, the women I'm talking to, they don't believe that they have whatever it is that they need. And I'm talking to them and they're telling me like what they've overcome and what they've done. And I'm like, girl, look in the mirror like you are crushing it even to get to this point that tells me you have the tools and things you need to succeed so i'm really freaking pumped to be coaching and i'm actually really excited that this is turning into more of a full-time thing than i thought it was going to be so again like i said on the last pod if you're interested in having a chat with me to see if life coaching is a good fit you can check out my website on my personal instagram bio and schedule a call and let's chat you know i just love I feel like it's taken me a long time and I mean a long time's relative like a couple years to get to the place I am now with myself. I was thinking about this on my run today of course. I was thinking about how two years ago or oh my god yeah so wow this is kind of big. Two years ago I moved to California 
think I literally moved to California on August 31st, 2020. Let's go check some history on that because that feels wild. Holy shit. Literally two years ago exactly, dude. Wait, I'm so shook right now. I cannot believe I just had this realization. Oh my God. And tomorrow is going to be the two-year anniversary of my job, like me being on site. Bro, I'm shook right now. Okay, so now we're gonna do a quick little walk around. Oh my god, and I have a blog post from August 2020. Dude, this is perks of being a content creator. I swear to god, I have so much content to look back on. Let's take a little walk down memory lane. Where the hell was I two years ago? Well, first of all, living in a hotel room in uh, Calabasas, California, I had broken up with my boyfriend of three and a half years one month prior broke up with him july 21st how do i remember this you ask um it was the day after his birthday i'm not gonna explain myself right now but just know it's it's valid and i hadn't been alone in years at that point i hadn't been single since my freshman year of college and i was only single for three months and then before that i hadn't been single since i was like 14. so two years ago I could not handle being alone. And on my run today, I was thinking about how I do this thing. I always say, you know, my favorite toxic trait is that when I get hurt, I run away. I actually don't think it's a toxic trait and I don't think I'm running away. I think I just like to throw myself into new experiences. I like to try new things. I don't think it's wrong. And yes, I'm a Sagittarius, okay? But I was so afraid to be alone. Contrast that with my life now. My favorite thing to do when I'm hurt or when I feel abandoned is find peace within myself. I have become my own safe place. How freaking beautiful <laughs> is that? I loved having that realization today. My inner voice is kind to me most of the time. I feel at ease. I feel comfortable being alone. I know that I have the skills and the courage to make it work whatever it is and this is kind of leading into my next big life thing and that i need to decide what i'm going to do about my job i am coming home from hawaii on the 13th it's supposed to be the 15th but i'm now competing in a little competitions so they're flying me out early and then i'm supposed to go back to my full-time job september 19th at this moment i simply cannot fathom going back to the lab and sitting in an office. I feel like it would be fun for a week. And then after that week, I would be, mm, I don't know the word, but I wouldn't be well, that's for sure. And I'm basically in this really turbulent period of my life where I, I have two weeks to figure out where I'm going to be living. I have a week to figure out if I'm going back to my job or not, if I'm going to submit a two week notice. And everything's up in the air right now but i also know that i am me and it's going to work out because i'm going to make it work out whatever it is because i'm capable of going with the flow and using the advantages to my advantage the op opportunity to my advantage <laughs> i think that's true confidence i'm like literally having a therapy breakthrough moment on this podcast right now I'm so happy you guys are along for the ride today. <laughs> two years. I'm like really having a hard time with that number right now. It's been two years and I just feel like I have changed so much in these last two years. Two years ago, 
I was 21 and I moved to California, didn't know how to be alone. And actually, so it's funny, two years ago was basically when I started the boy cleanse. I started the boy August 21st or no, 24th. So I was, yeah, one week into the boy cleanse. I wasn't talking to boys. I wasn't going on dates. I just fully committed myself to the work, like the self-help books that I read, which I have talked about this on the pod before. I think self-help is a scam. Committing myself to my training, committing myself to my health, just trying to become the best version of myself. And that has ebbed and flowed like that level of discipline. But I think all along I've learned lessons throughout all of these phases that I've been in, even the ones that on paper look more relaxed, like me having an actual off season and drinking and having fun. I've freaking learn stuffed okay stuffed stuff i learned some stuff and i do not regret any of it it has been an honor to be here with myself through all these phases and just wow dude this is wild i've never felt as confident and secure in myself as i do at this moment right now more connected to my intuition more at ease with myself and i feel really lucky because i know that just grows with time and i'm probably in two years from now i'm gonna look back on this and be like oh my god two years ago in honolulu and i thought i knew everything but it's not true i don't think i know everything (laughs) i'm just very happy with the way things are right now point that i'm making everyone's timeline for growth looks different but everyone is capable of it you just have to believe that you are right it all connects growth mindset baby if you believe in yourself and you're committed to your vision and you know that loving the process and committing to something on a daily basis will make you a better human i love that i i'm actually loving this podcast i when i was originally starting to record i was like you know i don't feel like i have anything interesting to talk about i don't feel like anything crazy has happened this week but honestly the periods of calmness can allow you to grow in a very different way than the chaotic periods. I love this podcast because I feel like I get to just walk you guys through whatever is going on in my life in such a vulnerable way. Like none of this is scripted. There, There's never been an episode of Gremlin Talk where I come on the pod and I'm like, here's every single line of what I'm going to say. I usually have general outlines and I just kind of free flow and go on tangents and talk about whatever I want. Wow, I'm kind of in my feels, but in a good way upon this two-year realization. If you had asked me when I was a senior at U of A how my life would look in two years, this is not ever what I would have envisioned for myself. I thought that I was going to A, marry my boyfriend, and you know he was going to graduate from his master's program i was just going to move with him wherever i had originally accepted a job in my hometown which is just so out of character for me i never ever wanted to move back to gilbert arizona i always felt like i was meant to leave and you know spread my wings a little bit not that there's anything wrong with staying in your hometown but it was just never in the cards for me even in high school i was like i want to leave the state so badly i think what i am going to do tonight after uploading this podcast one i am going to write a letter to myself in two years i want 20 how old will i be 25 i want 25 year old mac to have a really direct peek into the life of 23 year old mac i also really want to start writing in my blog again I, i know i mentioned that very briefly early in this episode i have this blog i think it is mckenna s smith dot wordpress.com or something like that it's in the link in my bio and 
I guess it's kind of been on the DL since my accounts have all kind of blown up. There is some really, I love to write. There is some really deep, vulnerable writing on that blog. So I will post a link to that, I think, with this podcast. If you're curious to see what the mind of 17-year-old Mac, honestly, I'm going to go read some old blog posts right now because I, I, yeah, the growth will definitely be very obvious. So I do want to recommit myself to writing on the blog at least once a month. And the third thing I'm going to do after this podcast is I'm going to put together a little vision board on Pinterest. I am a big fan of making vision boards. I do. I'll pull images from Pinterest and I'll put them into a Canva template. And then I make it the screensaver for my laptop or my phone. And it just keeps your goals and things, A, very visual and B, just present. Those are my own life coaching tasks after this and I want to write a description of what I want my life to look like in two years maybe include that in my letter oh what this is so exciting I love milestones I've always been a person who loves concrete times to check in with myself graduating high school graduating college whatever it's hard to find that once you leave the school like the academic system and I just love you know anniversaries things like that oh my god I'm loving this you guys what a great what a great podcast episode I'm gonna wrap this up because it's kind of late and I have things I need to do now now that I've given myself life coaching homework I'll reiterate it if you're interested in working with me one-on-one and a life coaching platform you should sign up for a consult session even if you're kind of on the fence about it it's always worth to just have a chat you are worthy of investing in yourself and I'm a good listener and I'm not going to judge you for being a mess if you feel like you're a mess because I myself am a mess. <laughs> We're all just helping each other out. If you love this podcast, which I hope that you do, you can leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can give me a little rating on Spotify. The best way to share this podcast is probably Instagram. Share our album or episode covers on your story. Tag Gremlin Talk Pod. Tag me. It's so fun to bring new listeners into this little journey we're all on. And I appreciate everyone who sent me a DM. I'm just... This always ends like this. I'm always like, I'm so grateful for all of you. I am. I really am. Thank you for making this my life. Thank you for making my time and energy worthwhile. Share it with your hottest friend. Share it with your mom. Tell her I say hi. And I hope that you have a lovely day. And I hope that you do something that inspires you. I hope you make a vision board. Maybe write out your own two-year goals. That sounds like a great idea. Okay. I love you all. Thank you so much. Bye, 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 gremlins. I love you.